Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality in geekdom. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am joined by Sean Reed. Sean, welcome. Thank you very much. Hi there. How are you? Doing fine. Doing fine. It's a good day so far. Good. Who are you, Sean? So I am, uh, among other things, the founder of a nonprofit called Alliance for Girls in STEM. Uh, And what we are is, well, we do two things, really. Uh, One is that we are a publisher who's looking to publish picture books for uh, girls uh, from ages four to eight that uh, show girls in situations where they're involved with science. And I, I didn't see a lot of that around, and so I decided, oh, hey, you know what? Maybe that's a, something I should do. But little did I know. <laughs> Whenever you start things, you go, oh, that should be really easy. And then it's never, it never is. So how are, you, um, how are you getting started with all of this, or how have you started with all of this? Well, it, it, I mean, the whole thing started for me was when my I was trying to look for a Christmas present for my niece, actually, a couple of years ago. Um, and she was turning six and I was like, oh, I'll just go on Amazon and I'll find this great book and it'll, sh- you know, I want to encourage her in science because my background was in physics and I want to, you know, encourage her and, and, and show her some, some parts of science just to get her interest peaked. And it was very hard. Like there was a couple of more now, but there's generally, it's two things. There's generally not a lot of, of picture books that have science themes. Um, and then, on top of that, there's not a not a lot of those that exist have girls in them at all as the main characters. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's like you know Star Wars and and Lego and Star Trek and you know all kinds of other things that are based off of movie blockbusters, which are all boys as well. So like that's just the way those those books typically come through. But there's not a lot of general purpose like you know you should really love science and and here's a great story about it. So that's kind of that's really how I got started and what I wanted to really produce. So you have one book. You have the text written at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a couple uh, that we're working on right now. I probably have about five or six that are, that are really actively in various stages of production. Um, we've got one that I'm actually working with an illustrator now. Uh, trying to get some of it to life because that's that's always the hardest part. And if I if I could if I could illustrate these as well as as do some writing, then it would be a, a whole lot easier. Yeah, finding finding artists can be hard. I think because how do you start doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and another thing is, I, I'm really you know I I this is a this is a nonprofit, so I, yeah, I'm not getting paid for any of this. I'm kind of putting my own funds into it, and, which is fine for me. But I don't. I, you know, it's harder to ask an illustrator to do something like that when, when to illustrate a picture book and do it well takes a lot of work. And I, 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 you know, I don't feel comfortable just trying to ask somebody to do that kind of in your spare time, by the way, can you make this phenomenal work for me? And oh, sorry, I don't have any money for you. You know, I did, I just can't do that. (laughs) So, so hopefully, you know, we can get to the point where we can uh, raise a little money. Uh, And I'm actually looking at a couple of, um, a couple of things regarding uh, fiscal sponsorship with the New York foundation of the arts and a couple of things. So maybe you can get some, actually get some real money to pay illustrators, which would be nice. One of the the things Really, the way I see this working in terms of the nonprofit, I mean, well, first of all, I kind of started off as a nonprofit because uh, the publishing industry, is, especially for picture books, is kind of a disaster. So it's not like I'm going to make any money on it anyway. So might just as well start off as a nonprofit up front and avoid all the 
illusionary profit that was going to happen. Um, the, the, the other actually more important thing is that I want to be able to give the books away. Like I want to, I want to make books, you know, primarily eBooks and I want to be able to give them to organizations that have girls, right? Because, you know, we're, we're a publisher. So I don't, even though it's called Alliance for Girls in STEM, we don't have any programs that we're running yet, but other than this one. So if I have books, then I can go to like the Girl Scouts, like, you know, the younger kids, I think the brownies or, you know, different after school programs to say, here, I have books that show girls who love science. You don't have these because they don't exist. So here, you know, take them. And so that's, that's really what I want to do with the organization. I mean, that's, that's really why it's a nonprofit. Yeah. And I, I love it. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like me in my early thirties and I'm trying to remember way back when I was six and um, it's a little hard, but um, you know, there, my mom and I actually had this conversation a while back um, because I was asking her about like, I, I didn't remember toys being gendered like they are now when I was little, you know, the pink, pink and purple for girls and blue for boys. And the, the boys are firemen and policemen and, and rescue officers and the girls are princesses. And I don't remember that. And she said, oh, yeah, it, it was definitely a thing. Um, I just didn't buy those toys for you. I didn't buy you the princess toys because that's not what you wanted. I wanted the right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the, you know, um, I, I was really into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So. <laughs> um, right. No, I mean, that, and actually that's that's true because, you know, from from some of, the, some of the things that I've seen people talk about anecdotally and a couple of research things too, it actually has gotten worse in the last, 25 or so years. So I'm a little, I'm a little older than you. I'm, I'm about 45. Well, not, not about 45. I am. 45. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, there, there definitely was a change and, and, and it was, and in part, I mean, you know, if I think, if I try to rationalize what the change was, it's like all of the different toy companies and marketers are trying to figure out any, any edge they can use to try to uh, you know, get people to pick up their products. And one of the things they decided was like, oh, if we make it really super easy to pick a gender, then, oh, great. Then that, that will increase our sales. And and so the marketing people will all swear by that this is what consumers want, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad equilibrium. It's a bad cycle because then you're, then the consumers think that that's all there is. And, and, and then they buy it and the market say, see, they bought it. So that's what they want. And, and so you're in this horrible, uh, you know, vicious cycle that you can't get out of. Mm. I mean, and, and it's really also true for, you know, more generally, like thinking about outside of picture books, where you think about uh, just general content um, that's related to science and science fiction um, for girls. Like you have to, I mean, there's been a lot of fighting to even get, you know, girl sidekicks. And now, so you see a lot of girl sidekicks now. Um, but the fight to kind of, cross over and have main characters this is a much harder fight. Um, and you can look at Lego. I mean, Lego is a perfect example of kind of, uh, you know, companies that have kind of made a choice. It's like, we, you know, we can't break through on our own with our own uh, branded stuff. So we're going to license all of the summer blockbusters and all of these other, con you know, old time superheroes and, and throw those, throw that content into our sets and now, of course, the problem we have with that was like, you know, all that stuff is summer blockbuster stuff, mm -hmm. which which they make for boys. And so, again, you kind of have, you know, forces that are pushing things in equilibrium 
that I don't particularly like. And I, and I know there's a lot of people who don't like it as well. So that's what I'm hoping to try to, uh, you know, hoping I can tap into this a little bit to try to say, hey, you know what, you can actually make products and, you know, the world's not going to explode if you have a girl, <laughs> you have a girl main character Imagine in your that. science. Yeah, it's, it's really not. Um, but yeah, so it, it's also, you know, I, I talk about this sometimes on Twitter, but it's also a, a, a lot of the fact that the, you know, the, the, the toy companies, the media companies just their own traditional things, even the picture book industry, right? I mean, it, you can very easily go on the internet and, and find somebody giving you advice about how to break into picture books. And they will say, make boys as your main character, regardless of what the story is, because the kind of received wisdom is that boys will not watch stories that have girls in them, right. but girls will watch stories that have boys in them. And, and that's just kind of the way the industry is. A lot of the, the, the media industry in general is kind of like that. Um, there was a study a couple of years ago that I, I saw that somebody just went through, I think it was Cartoon Network and looked at, you know, just getting away from science again, just looked at how many different stories had like female versus male main characters. And it was, you know, at that time, which was maybe a year and a half ago, I think they were saying it was like, Four out of 48 or so shows, there was about 40 that have male main characters. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that whole, that whole, and then you talk about diversity of characters and then you're down a whole different rabbit hole. Right. Um, and so, but then, you know, there, but it's like that for a reason. Like if you're, if you're writing and you're not thinking about, you know, what the impact of the media is going to be on the people that you are that are going to be consuming it, then you just write whatever you feel most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're, if you're, and that's why you need diversity in writer's rooms, right? Cause if you're a guy, you're, you're just automatically going to make a male main character unless something is prompting you to do otherwise. It's just, it's natural. Um, and, and so the fact that you have all these media companies and, and the decision makers are male, then it's natural for them to see male stories. And they think that's what you're supposed to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, it's like all these forces and you're talking about your inner equilibrium because everything is pushing you in that particular place. It's just a sucky equilibrium. And yeah. And it's something to change it. Yeah. And it's what we're used to, too. You know, it's um, there's the that inertia of like this. This works. This is what we've done. Changing is risky. So let's not exactly. change. Exactly. You know, nobody gets fired for for doing the same thing right. <laughs> that worked OK. Yep. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's how you end up with all these, you know, these horrible things. And there's um, I, I don't know uh, if I ever uh, spoke to you about it, if you saw me talk about it on Twitter, but there is uh, this thing that's called a draw a scientist test. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. OK, so it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's exactly as you might expect it is. You just walk into a group of uh, people um, and you can actually, you can do this with adults. I've done it with adults. I've done it with kids. And you just, uh, without really any prompting, ask them to draw a scientist or ask them to even imagine a scientist, right? And you let them think about that for, you know, some number of seconds. And then you take a poll and say, well, how many people drew a male figure? And what you will see, like, you know, certainly in my little anecdotal experiments, and there's actually people who do like real studies about this. I just, you know, I'm not doing studies. I'm just asking people. Mm -hmm. You will see, you know, well over 85% of the entire audience 
you know, and it doesn't matter how the audience is gender split. They're going to say male. Um, and so, and so then you ask the follow-up question, well, where did you get that figure of a scientist from? And usually the answer is something to do with media, mm-hmm. right? People think about Albert Einstein. People think about, uh, you know, their favorite cartoon character. They think about something that they've seen, like, it, it, you know, obviously not a lot of people have actually met a scientist or like, you know, live in a house with a scientist right. or, you know, their parents are a scientist. And so your image of science, you just kind of absorb it until you get to a certain age when you can actually find somebody and go engage them. Um, and, and so that's, you know, the, the fact that, you know, the audience, irrespective of whether they're male or female, is overwhelmingly says male. I mean, that says a lot for careers if you're talking about kids, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're a kid and you and you imagine like you just imagine that the scientist is not your gender, that can be hard to identify with. Right. And that's just one impediment. Um, you know, it can be hard to see yourself doing something that's a science related job if you think scientists are not your gender or don't look like you. Yep. Well, and it's, you know, if you look at like you go into the children's section like you did when you were looking for your niece and you see, you know, the big book of science for boys. Uh huh. You know, that's a very blatant message that you know, the science is for boys, you know, Oh yeah. looking yeah. at insects is for boys. In fact, there was a little girl, um, I wish I had the story in front of me, who wrote one of those companies who had the big book of whatever for boys and said, mm-hmm. you know, girls like bugs too. Why, why are you? <laughs> and they actually changed the title of their series. Um, oh, yes, I, I did see that story. To I remove the story. for boys. And yes. um, I was like, yes, but there's still... You know? there's, so many, there's so many things like even even going back. I don't know if you you saw this. So this was maybe last last year or so now. So Disney owns all the Star Wars stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you if you went to Disney's website, they had they gave you nice little markers so you can click something, and say what was for men, what was for women, what was for boys and what was for girls. Except on the Star Wars part, the girls part was actually empty. So somebody had categorized their entire Star Wars line as for boys on their website. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other thing that you see, what you used to see, again, I don't know if you still see it now, is that there was no Princess Leia anything available for sale on their site. Um, and and that, that happened, like, it wasn't that long ago, right? And you think about, it's like you have one female figure that's like from my generation that you could be selling the hell out of that thing. But for whatever reason, whoever is in control of that said, Oh, we don't have to sell princess Leia. I mean, they were selling stormtroopers. They're selling, you know, all kinds of things. They, of course they had, you know, they had Luke and Han Solo and everything else, but, but, but there's no princess Leia. It's like, and, and from a, that just seems ridiculous. Like who's like, who's doing that? Yeah. Cause you're just, you're just losing money. Yep. Well, and she's, you know, the only like strong female character in, like, I would argue the six Star Wars movies, just like in general. Uh-huh. And, you know, because you've got, you know, she's, she's feisty and she's smart and she's, you know, I, I mean, she 
plays hand punch for punch, you know, and right. and she's just awesome. And then you've got, you know, in the prequels, her mom, who is just like wishy-washy and, uh, and you <laughs> well, know. So the prequels were all kind of like, uh, too. Yeah, but, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, but that, but that, but that's a function of like, oh, yeah, it wasn't important. I mean, it, it's, it's all about, it's all about for me, like I, I am a, a big kind of movie fan and, and, you know, I had this, I had this one dream long ago, I was going to be a screenwriter. Um, that didn't quite work out, <laughs> but, um, but I, but I, but I analyze stuff to death and, you know, one of the things it's very easy to, to look at, as you say, you know, it, your main character is obviously what drives stories in American movies, right? There's, there's one. Mm-hmm. And that one main character and all the subplots and all the everything else is related to that particular main character's journey. So if you're if you're doing all of your science and science fiction stuff driven off of male main characters, then more than likely you will get crap mm-hmm. for all the female characters. There's nothing for them to do because their whole point is to serve the subplot, which is you know which is always about the main character. So like you know, people talk about, um, there's a whole list of stuff. Like, I mean, people talk, I never saw the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but people, I've yeah. heard people talk about that one. I mean, you can, you can go back to talking about Trinity from the matrix and you can mm-hmm. go back and, and, you know, but it's all this, it's all the same problem. Like it's not a different problem. Um, and it's one of those things where like, and, uh, people talk about like the Bechdel test as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bechdel test is, is really it's measuring the secondary problem. Like the primary problem is that you don't have female main characters, and so if you don't have that, then of course you're gonna you're gonna have people in the subplot that don't really have anything to do. I don't know. So it's it's just always you know if I can if I can use my little nonprofit to uh, at least provide things that people think are interesting enough to say, oh you know I want to give this to my kids then, you know, okay, great. So maybe there's other companies that said, oh, you know, maybe we can actually make money off of this. And you can, you can just get stuff. I mean, it, it's, if, I, if there's one, if somebody doesn't make a princess book and they make a, you know, book about a girl doing sci-fi, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's enough princess books. I think we can, we can lay off for the next hundred years and there will still be an adequate number of princess books. I totally agree. <laughs> well, you know, and it's like, I... I don't know why, but I, all of my friends have had girls. And so I'm, when I hang out with my friends, I'm hanging out with their kids, you know, ranging from, you know, five to eight. Well, one just turned one. So we've got itty bitty to about eight. And, um, and you know, it's like, I went to see the Nutcracker with my friend and her two kids and, um, and her mom said, you need to sit and, and watch the ballet like a lady. And she said, I don't want to be a lady. Ladies are boring. <laughs> and, you know, th- there are girls out there who have no interest in princess books and, you know, no uh-huh. interest in any of that. And she's, you know, we'll be out for a walk and she'll see a scorpion on the ground and she'll say, oh, I think this is this kind of scorpion. And I'm like, get away from it. And <laughs> cool that you know that. But um, right, right. You know, I, I think the market is out. I mean, maybe I, my friends and I are a little bit odd and it stands to reason that the kids are a little bit odd too. Just, you know, we're not, not what society considers normal, but there's got to be a market out there for this. Like it, it just does not make sense yeah, that, that yeah. girls don't care. Girls aren't interested in anything other than pink ruffles and tiaras. 
Yeah, I, I, I hope you're right. I mean, what, you know, one of the things, obviously, as a nonprofit that's challenging is, is funding because it, I mean, if you really look at what we're trying to do, I mean, we're trying, it's kind of becoming a content company almost, right? Like I'm, I'm making content, I'm making, you know, books. Maybe we hope to get a couple of apps in there. But the content companies are the ones that are owned by huge media conglomerates with like, you know, billions of dollars of marketing budget. And so, you know, the only way to try to, you know, hope to get this out there is going to be, it's definitely going to be social media. It's going to be like, what can you do with no budget? You know, yeah. who, who, can I, who can I talk to that has followers that might believe enough in this that they, you know, if I send them a book, they'll talk about it, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because, you know, like, we, we're not going to have a marketing budget. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, so that's the challenge, you know, that's the challenge of, of being able to get out there and even doing something like, a, um, like, a, you know, Indiegogo or Kickstarter or whatever. I mean, that still takes a lot of reach, um, to be able to do something like that successfully. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a David versus Goliath story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but at least, you know, hopefully we can get some, some, some things that are interesting to people out there. Cause I, you know, the other thing is like, you know, this kind of gives me my own creative expression, right? I mean, it's just fun. Like I, I, I enjoy science. I, um, I enjoy lots of different types of science. Um, and I kind of always have. So like somewhere along the line, when, when I was probably first or second grade or something, like I got that book. Um, and so I'm just open to like, you know, pass that on. You know, just pass it on. Catch it early. Catch it early. Yeah, you do have to catch it early because the other the other thing that happens, of course, is like there there is this whole kind of progression that that very that that a lot of people go to. Like some people come to science relatively late, um, but by and large, I'm not sure how like how late is too late, um, particularly for girls because you you kind of. You know, sort of like the, the the range of kids you were talking about, like the beginning of elementary school, that's still pretty much split 50-50 in terms of girls and boys' interests because the, the girls haven't gotten the social indoctrination, you know, that the stuff isn't for them or they've, you know, they're not sophisticated enough to really get all those messages. And so like early elementary school, it's pretty much, it's pretty much even based on, on, on gender. But as you get to like, you know, sixth grade and up in the middle school, you start seeing those really pronounced differences. Um, and so like, if you're, you know, if you're in, in high school, like most, most kids in high school, like if you ask them what they're going to do and then you try to track them, like, you know, whatever, four years later, they're in the right general ballpark. Like they're not <laughs> going to be exactly right. But but especially kids that are higher performing kids that actually will go to college like you you can because I remember there was there was a study I saw that I was been trying to chase it down ever since like there was um they, on the off of the PSAT they do surveys and they ask kids oh what are you going to major when you go to college and then they they so they try to track those kids you know I guess from junior year up through you know, whatever their college graduation year would be and, and, and see, you know, what did they say they were going to major in versus what they, what they actually majored in. And usually for sciences, the people kind of know already, you know, you kind of know, you kind of know that you want to tilt towards sciences or not. And then when you're in high school, you kind of need to have the math 
to some degree to be able to kind of handle that. So then you kind of go backward. You had to kind of have the middle school math to be able to handle the high school math. Mm-hmm. And then you go yeah. backward and, you know, and, and eventually, eventually you're, that's why you have people in New York City who are like fighting to send your kids to their breast pre-K because it's going to set them up for the rest of their life. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where, where the interest level, I, you know, I think earlier is better. I definitely think earlier is better. Yeah. Well, and so, and you have me thinking about when I was growing up, um, I remember being told girls aren't good at science. Um, oh, girls, yeah. I, girls are good at, good at English and girls are not good at science or math. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally believe that. I'm sure people, people are still getting told that now there, there was, um, oh, you know what? The Girl Scouts did a study, um, 2012, I think it was. And, uh, the, the best thing about them is like, you know, they've got girls lying around. They're like, okay, right. so what, what do you think about this girl? <laughs> you know, it's like, we've got data. Right. So, um, so they did this big study and, and, and what they found was that it, for older, for the older girls, especially it wasn't that they weren't the ones that liked science also liked other things. Mm-hmm. And so science wasn't necessarily their primary, like, you know, for the, for the kids that are really smart, particularly girls, like they're good in the verbal and they're good in science. And so they're, they're trying to make their way and figure out which one they actually went to end up in. Whereas I, I, you know, studies that I've seen in terms of boys, like you'll typically will see like a, a, a math verbal split on boys that end up in science where they're skewed more towards the math. And so they're like, Oh, well, this is really my kind of my only option. It, mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like if you haven't seen the Girl Scout study, I would definitely say, you know, look up like Girl Scout STEM study. Cause there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. That's the other thing I, you know, I, I should talk about too, because like, you know, I kind of, I kind of made all of these crazy deductions in my head. I was like, Oh, well, I think the world needs this. And then, and then I started digging around Google and I say, oh, people have been studying this. Okay. I'm not the first person to decide the world needs this. That's good. <laughs> no, validation. Always, validation is always nice. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's always nice. But yeah, you know, people have been studying this for years. I mean, there, there's even, um, there is a woman, I forget where she works out of, who's a, um, she's a media professor and she's actually studied women's media images and science and how that relates. And she studied, she's done papers on, on, um, on kids TV and, you know, number of kids TV characters that were male versus female and how that's changed. And, you know, so people study this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I just somehow like my brain all of a sudden said, Oh wait, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. So I, I, you know, I, but as far as I can tell, no one is actually, doing this particular approach, like picture books, you know, science themes and writing, like there's no one taking that particular approach. And I think that's more of a function of my weird background, <laughs> interest in writing and interest in science and saying, oh, you know, I can do all these things together. Because the other thing, I, I told people about this before I started a nonprofit and they, and they said, well, why did anyone do this before? I said, I don't know. Um, and so you always wonder, it's like, well, why didn't someone do this before? Is something wrong? Like, well, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong with the idea? Like, no, it's a perfectly good idea. I, I think it's just hard. It's, yeah. It, that's, that's the answer. Yeah. It's, it's, um, nonprofits are not easy and, um, 
you know, starting something from the ground up is definitely not easy. And the publishing world is definitely not easy. So you've got like this trifecta of difficulty yeah. and of badness. Of yeah. badness. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that's the answer. So, so I feel, I feel good about that now. It's like, it's not that I'm, cr- I'm not crazy. It's not a bad idea. It's just, you know, it takes a lot of, a lot of moving parts to get it done. Um, but yeah, but you know, so if you asked me like what I, what I wanted to look like, um, like five years from now, like what, you know, what I want to have accomplished, I would say I, I'm, I'm interested in a, in a lot of different areas. I'm interested about in robots, um, certainly kind of space travel and the planets in general. And, uh, I'm very interested in kind of marine biology and, and diving, you know, so I, 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 I'd want to have like different sorts of books like about different science topics, but also with different protagonists, like maybe some that are, I think the the story that I sent you, like those are, Mm -hmm. that's more like, you know, those are not real kids, right? That's more like watching, um, what was the, what was the show? There's a show with the little, with the little uh, redheaded kid who was a scientist who was like always fighting his sister or something. Oh, Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. So that they're, they're really more like, you know, benevolent dexters as opposed to like they're just not they're not kids right um um, but you know they do stuff and it's fun but 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 uh but i also want to have some that are that are a little bit closer to reality that are that are you know you can see science as a process of exploring and making mistakes and finding out new things and you know you don't know everything already but you you're on this process and of learning and uh, you know you want to talk about you know what happens Making mistakes is also a huge part of science, and so you want to have incorporate that in, and you know, I, I want to incorporate a million things in, because mm-hmm. um, I want, I guess I want, you know, I, I see everything as kind of like the whole. I, I think, okay, that would be what I want to do, but any one particular, and so especially hard with picture books, right? Because picture books are just not that long. Like you're just not going to get everything that you might want to get into a subject in one book. Right. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Can we talk about the the book that you sent to me that I read just briefly? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, So it's about two little girls, um, Emma and Ella, who um, are smarter than I would ever hope to be. And (laughs) they use their ability in, um, in physics and math and architecture to, like, build awesome things and go have adventures. Go have adventures. Yeah, like that. That book, um, I think that came to me when I started thinking about, um, or like more like I guess more like origins of science fiction. Like if you think about, um, you know, Jules Verne, or you think about H.G. Wells or whatever. Like it's all you're always like talking about. What are the limits of places that you can go? Right, you can go to the moon. You can go under the ocean. You can go like you know, there's just stuff that you want to go explore. And so I'm like, okay, if you're a little kid, I guess you want to do that too. And if you can, then it's awesome. So, you know, you're a little kid and you want to build a rocket and go to the moon. Okay. Knock yourself out. Like, you know, just be home in time for dinner. Um, And so like that kind of, so that was really kind of what was driving me when I was thinking about that book um, and and the characters and, and kind of what I wanted them to be like. And I was also, it's also, you know, you also try to figure out how you can make them different. 
and 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 still you know and still kind of go on with the story because so because they're both they're both twins and so it's a little you have to okay they have to be different so I, I just started thinking like really simply like okay well maybe one is one is the more theoretical and one is the more kind of experimental builder and that's kind of like the the really basic dichotomy that I went with when I was thinking about them um, and so, you know, I think about, uh, you know, LMM in terms of, okay, well, you know, what would they do? Like, what, you know, what would be their job if they're going to go to the moon? Probably one of them is doing, one of them is doing calculations and one of them is actually building the ship, you know, just, just to be able to kind of show again, you know, there, there's two sides to the science. I mean, it's not, you, you don't sit around all day with your pen if, unless you want to. Right. So that's kind of, you know, so that's kind of where that one was going. And, and you know, I'm, I'm working on the kind of like the, the, the next book for that, because that, that book is kind of more of a, it's like, it's like a character study, I guess. I think about it in terms of like, this is who they are. And then uh, the next one is more like an adventure. So talking about them actually going to the moon and, you know, making, a, you know, getting, getting a rocket and going up into orbit and, 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 and just kind of being able to, to see, to see outer space from space, you know, what does that mm-hmm. look like? And, and what's, you know, a bit what it's like to be on a spaceship in terms of weightlessness and, and, um, and also, uh, 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 little things about the space program, like, um, um, like mission patches and little, like little, little really things, like really quick things that you can kind of do. And that's another reason why I need a really good illustrator. Cause you know, I could, I can do all this in my head. I perfectly see it. But right. if I tried to draw it, it would be a disaster. Stick figures, so, if you're yeah. on par with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. really bad stick figures, too. <laughs> not, not just your average level stick figures, but like really below average. So definitely so, not like XKCD type. No, no. no. Yeah. So that'd be fine. Like, you know, I, I, get, I get him to write, you know, I get him to do all illustrations. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I kind of wanted to do that um, as as that the follow up. So so like I'm thinking of like I have another another thing that I'm working on that I started writing when I was doing um, when I was reading uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea again, and and uh, I was like, oh, well, what if you just went down in a sub in the Atlantic Ocean, kind of just like. Uh, well, James Cameron went down in the Pacific Ocean in a submarine, and he actually has the world record for deepest dive. Right, yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, well, okay, well, what if you have a girl that kind of leaves from leaves from like Woods Hole or somewhere, goes down to Puerto Rico, where, like the Puerto Rico Trench is actually the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean. And so she kind of just leaves from there and goes down in the sub, and she gets the, you know, the Atlantic Ocean record and goes down and sees all the sees different uh, marine creatures that kind of live all the way down at those depths. And I was like, okay, that's actually, you know, kind of an interesting story. So I started, you know, started working on that. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I'd like to do. You know, it, it'd be, it'd be nice. Uh, be nice if I had like, I need like a music producer or something. I think I, I, think I said that on, on the email. If I had like a, a new music producer, I need somebody, I need like a writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, in addition to my day job, I just need to like go somewhere like from 12, you know, 12 midnight to 3 a.m. <laughs> and get like five other people in a room with me and just bang all these things out. I so relate. I, I do. <laughs> I do. Well, I wish you could see the grin on my face because um, I am so excited to see what comes out of this. I 
I mean, it, it really bugs me. And if anyone wants me to like listen to me rant about gendered Lego, especially but gendered toys, listen to episode, I think it was 12 with Steve Lubitz when he was on okay. we were talking about the toys that he got for his daughters, but, um, or the toys available to his daughters. Cause I kind of went off on a, on a Lego <laughs> cathartic journey on that one. But, um, because you know, so I am a woman in tech and I, I keep having people tell me that the issue with women in tech is that women are not capable or interested in being in tech. And the people like me who are in the space are anomalous. Uh-huh. And like, it, it, it's like banging my head against the wall. And I'm like, no, you know, I am in tech because I was encouraged to enter tech. My mom, my mom was the one who was like, I think you should be a computer science major. You really like, you know, pulling that thing apart. You really like, you know, I taught myself HTML and programmed my own web page when I was 14 and, um, mm-hmm. which is a little old compared to some of my friends, but whatever, <laughs> you know, like, it's but, not old compared to me, <laughs> but, um, you know, so I, I, I was doing these things and I was always interested in, in how things work. And, you know, I had my mom encouraging me, but she was the only one encouraging me. And it's really hard to explain to people that that my experience and the experience of my friends is that girls don't do these things. Girls, their brains aren't wired for math or for learning programming languages or whatever. And what... You know, I, I love that you want to create this universe where girls are it's not it's not that they're even encouraged to, they just do it. And their parents yeah. are like, Yep, okay. And and I love that. Well, well thank you. No, I mean it, it's it, it was really for for me, it is really all about the social structure that we live in. I mean, that's why it's like that. Because if you if you think about um, if you think about uh, let's say an individual girl, right? So you've got the influence of your your parents, the influence of the rest of your family on you, and then you've also got your friends and their parents, right? Their parents are influencing them, and then your friends are influencing you, and then if you've got all these vectors that are telling you that you you can't do tech or you're not supposed to do tech or girls don't do it. It, it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy thing that we were talking about before, right? Like the equilibrium is pushing you towards not being in tech. So if you manage to veer off and actually go in tech, then, you know, you're kind of an anomaly, which is what people are saying. But then they look at the anomaly and they say, well, it's because women can't do tech. And it's like, no, it's because you have all this ridiculous pressure that's pushing you away from it. And, you know, that's the, that's the way I look at a lot of the world. And so it's... um. It was a very, it was a very easy kind of decision for me um, to say, oh, you know what, the world doesn't have to be that way. It's just, it's just the way it is. But it's not. I don't like it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't like it. So we're gonna change that. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's megalomania. Or there's, there's a term. <laughs> there's a term for that. I don't, I don't think it's megalomania. I just, <laughs> okay. I think that's more sure. you want to take over the world, but. <laughs> Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the way it is. I think I'll change it. Yeah. <laughs> what is? Um, have you watched Doctor Horrible's Sing Along blog? I haven't. No. Um, oh my gosh, the the world is a mess, and I have to rule it. Shoot, I'm going to get a bunch of people 
I know, I know. I'm sorry. I messed up the lyrics to Dr. Horrible's sing-along <laughs> blog, but, but um, I think you might enjoy that if you haven't seen it because I, it's... I, I will, I will. I'll it's look. all about... It's Neil Patrick Harris basically is, is a um, slightly incompetent supervillain uh-huh. trying to take over the world and his his story as he goes through this and it's just amazing and tragic and hilarious all at the same time so oh really. i gotta i gotta check that yeah it's kind of like a phineas and ferb and the, the the doctor whatever the doctor name is on there that wants to take over the tri-state area but he's yeah. not a very good super villain <laughs> yes yeah it's just like and it's a it's a 45 minute long thing i think it's still on netflix so i, I really encourage you to watch it but i will i will um, oh you know what, what was also good um so there was a there's a series that came out i'm not sure a couple years ago that's called Franny K. Stein. Uh, and mm-hmm. she is, I think, I think she is more, she is actually more the equivalent of Dexter than I was thinking when I was talking about before. She really is like the mad scientist girl who wants to just take over the world and do stuff. But she, you know, she ends up having a heart at the end and not, and not quite doing all the destruction that she really means to. Yeah. There's an eight year old in my life who really, really likes that series. Okay. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. I think. I think, but yeah, never, never took off somehow. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm gonna read them. I've asked her if I can borrow them, but I haven't had a chance <laughs> to yet. So, yeah, you know, you wish they were as popular as like Judy Moody or something like yeah. that. Yeah, doesn't quite happen. But even though yeah. I have to say, even Judy Moody, some of them are actually really good. Like, you, I was, I was actually surprised because, like, you know, when when I first started about picture books and and and. In the, in the world, you kind of have to also learn where the boundaries are. Like, you know, what do kids know when they're in first grade and second grade? And what words can I use? And what happens to reading when you go from second grade reading level to third grade reading level is uh, is you get this explosion. Like, so you, there's no more picture books after around second grade unless they're like holiday books or something like that. Because you end up graduating to chapter books which are 100 pages. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if, I, if you say write 100 pages, Sean, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be realistic. It's, well, I mean, it could happen, but it'll be a really crap 100 pages. <laughs> so, I could, so I could do a really good picture book or a really crap 100 pages. So I'm going to go for picture books. Yeah, I agree. Do, do what you can do well. <laughs> you do what you can do well. Cool. So let's see. What else can I answer for you? What else can I honestly want to know? Sorry. I was thinking as you were talking earlier, I was thinking about um, like these programs for for kids and specifically for girls in kind of like the iOS programming world. Like Jean McDonald has App Camp, App Camp for Girls, um, Kimberly Bryant with Black Girls Code. Um, and there are there are others actually that I'm not thinking of. Um, off the top of my head where they do like these intensive week long programs with girls and teach them how to code. Like by the end of it, they've gone through conceiving of um, an iOS app and all the way to like designing the icon and, you know, like building it. And I was thinking about um, like how that might be a good fit for your program too, like partnering with them and um, seeing what you can come up with for, for those types of books too. Oh yeah, well that's that's actually you know if you, if you ask me what's going to be my second program, my, <laughs> so the first program is the publisher. The second program is actually something sort of like that, like like, like a story camp, um, and and you get together uh, and you get in the room and it's probably like oh something you do over a weekend or maybe something you do over two or three weeks, not not that many weeks, 
and you kind of give give kids um, like I guess you do with older kids because I think you give the the, the kids um, the kind of basics of story, and you say, okay, you know, this is your first sentence. Make up a story around that, mm-hmm. um, and then you, and maybe you get them to either do something that is for little kids or or their peers. So you can have them write picture books, or you have them start their own longer stories that are all kind of science engaged and and very cool, and all have girl love protagonists. But yeah, I, I can def- I totally see that. I can totally see that. How fun. Yeah. See, I would like to do that too. That sounds like fun. I know. I'm just standing here thinking like, all right, well, let's, I mean, let's bring that to Phoenix or something so that I can at least help with it if I can't, you know, be 10 again and do it. But. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I mean, you could do that at an adult party. At least adult parties I go to. Yeah. (laughs) You could, you could certainly do that as a party game and you could certainly just like take one or two, like one or two sentences or the beginning of something and say, okay, you know, each one of the, each team is going to make a story, and you vote on at the end who's got the best story, or which team's got the best story, and they get prize like beer or something, <laughs> whatever you give adults. Be- the beer flows <laughs> freely at my at my game party. So. Yeah, exactly. So you should, so you have, you let the beer flow, so maybe you have to give them like 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 a nice bottle of wine or, or something yeah. at the end, or or to get you know the instant recognition and adulation of their peers, or bragging and, and, you know, rights. They're, they're a story champion. Yeah, you could totally, you could totally do that. Yeah, well, and one one game that I like to play is um, Gloom. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's no, I haven't. It's so it's a card game, and um, depending upon how many expansions that you have, you have families, and so each player has a family that they try to kill off. <laughs> and so okay. you have the family cards and then you have like the story cards about like what's happening and so and each story card has positive or negative points and you get you know assign them to a character and like build the story for this character and then other players you know because you want you want your opponent's characters to be happy so you assign them cards with a positive point value and you say oh well ah, yeah you know right, he was right. he was you know drowning and eaten by rats and you know and and then someone rescued him and gave him a birthday cake and you know so his misery score goes down so he gets happier and but the point is you you make them you kill this so morbid but you make them as miserable as you can and kill them off and then the fan the family who is most miserable at the end wins you know so okay but um Okay. Wow, it sounds horrible. But so so what has happened when, you know, some of my friends and I have played Gloom is that they got so involved in making their characters as miserable as possible that they forget that they actually have to kill them to make the points apply. And so Ah. they end up with like like this really, really amazing, miserable, depressing story and like you know positive points at the end because they've been so worried about the, the story so it kind of uh, <laughs> it kind of okay. tickles that <laughs> same thing for me yeah from yeah. The, like the bad the dark side yes yeah dear listeners i am not a sociopath i promise <laughs> well <laughs> Just, as long as you get it out of the card game that's true and not in real life it's, it's yeah. probably okay yeah but <laughs> if you want me to send you a couple of first lines like i'm very happy to contribute to your next uh story your next story camp you know mad 
bad lib dash, whatever you call the thing. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Or at the very least, so for for me, I am I consider myself a writer, but I write for my day job. And so mm-hmm. it's really, really difficult for me to to even journal, let alone like produce content for other people to see. And so one of the many things I want to do next year is dedicate like just like bare minimum a couple of hours, maybe even an hour a week where I'm just writing for me and maybe building up to like blogging regularly again or something. So I could just use those for myself. Too. Like I don't mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think, see, I, I would imagine it would be fun though. Like I really, I want to run a couple of them because actually I was going to run something like that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in terms of that story camp thing, but I just couldn't get it together. Um, but a couple people still reached out to me. They're like, oh, I want to do this with my kids. I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll, well, I'll, I'll do a couple of them and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll let you know how they go. Because I, I think it's something that's very, it's very easily, like you can, it's very easy to understand mm-hmm. and it's not too taxing if you want to drink your wine while you're mm-hmm. doing it. It's okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And and then oh, you know and then if you, if you do it with, with teenagers then maybe they actually like it the ones who like to write might like to do that yeah well and I think too what's nice about it is so many of the kids I know write for school and and it's this negative icky thing like oh I have to write the story I'm not interested in it I'm just writing it because you know this is what I have to do for this assignment. And um, it would be nice to see, you know, kids and teens, well, and even adults writing for fun, you know, and just because one thing I say a lot is that my education kind of stifled my creativity. And as an, an adult, I've had difficulty getting back in touch with that because it wasn't fun. You know, and it wasn't encouraged. So, um, you know, as as on board as I am for, you know, teaching kids, teaching girls especially that they can be science scientists, I also think that that teaching teaching people they can be creative is a positive thing too. And that's what I enjoyed also about the story you sent about Ella and Emma's story is because they had to be creative to build a rocket ship to go to the moon, you know? Right. You have to have creativity to do that. And um, I think it's an undervalued skill in our society right now. Yeah, I I don't know. um, One of the things that I was thinking about um, from my days like back in high school and, and creative, so I was very, very math science person, but I was also good at, you know, like reading and analyzing things, but it just wasn't as much fun as the math science stuff. But I, I realized after I left, after I left high school, even maybe after college, I, I, really, I never really knew how much work it was to actually create a really good story. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's something that if you just told, like if somebody had told me, it's like, no, you know, we're not making up these analogies and these things, these alliterate, you know, the references that we're telling you in there, they really did mean them. When they wrote them, like if someone, someone had kind of maybe sat down with me a little bit more and connected a couple of more dots, <laughs> there's a couple of more dots I was missing. And I was like, oh yeah, because you go back and you, and you read stuff now, 
and they go, it's just remarkable. Because yeah, mm-hmm. when I when I write something, it I can only write stories that I'm kind of halfway interested in, right? It's just a good thing for me. I'm interested in a lot of things. But, you know, I, I could, so, so yeah, it, it, you kind of do, it, it has to be something that, that, um, that, that you personally respond to. Um, and so that's why, you know, you figure if you, if you give people a couple of different options in terms of types of story and types of character and types of science, then maybe, you know, maybe you find, you know, one kid maybe likes more of the main story, but one kid likes the robots and one kid likes Ella and Emma and, you know, and, and you get, you get to reach a, a lot of different types of kids who might like different things. That's the goal anyway. Yeah, I think, I, I don't think I understood quite the scope of Girls in STEM, you know, when, when I asked you to come on the show, I, I think I pictured, you know, like a series of maybe four or five books and I, I'm, kind of awed by the 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 scope and the plans that you have for it and yeah everybody's got everybody's got plans now I'm, now I'm just trying to make sure I can get the, the plans out the door um that's 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 really the goal so yeah. you know if you know somebody who needs a chief of staff volunteer job I, I, I need one of those <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but but yeah I, you know I have I have uh, on my little Google Drive there's all kinds of folders of things like cool this would be you know, this is just like any other any other writing writer. Like you always have a couple of things that are running through your mind. Um, I just happen to have a lot, uh, and and so it can be can be difficult because sometimes it's like I'm trying to drive five cars across country simultaneously <laughs> by myself. Yeah, and that's really hard to do because you're like you know you ride one bit, you gotta walk back and get the other one going. <laughs> then you gotta go get gas in one of them, and then you know keep. You know, it's just a lot of juggling. Whereas, you know, a normal person would just get in one car and drive it all the way across it and fly back and do it again. It's just more efficient. But right. My brain is apparently not efficient. Yeah, I understand that. It, it, it wants it wants to write what it wants to write. Like the like the character. I mean, it's just like the standard thing you hear, right? The characters kind of want to do what they want to do, and they don't really care what you think. Yeah. I had a a friend um, who I loved very dearly, and she was she was an author. Um, she's from Korea, and um, uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. And you know, kind of in those last I don't know six or eight months, she was really working on getting a one of her books finished, getting I guess her final book finished. And I remember she um, she just looked at me and shook her head. And I was like, what is going on? And she said, I'm writing this book. And, um, and my main character insists on falling in love with this guy. And that is not what she's supposed to do. And I cannot, <laughs> I cannot talk her out of it. And I was like, Mia, she's going to do what she's going to do. I don't know what to tell you. And I mean, she, she was just absolutely just so sad about it. But it's yeah. true. It's and you hear authors talk about it all the time that characters do what they want to do. And I don't I don't think people who don't write understand that, but not at all. I've never understood that. Like, you know, I remember I remember seeing people say that. I was like, Are you schizophrenic? Like what's going on <laughs> right. in your brain? Like what is happening? But but it, it's funny you mentioned that actually, because I just found a, a notebook from from back uh, um a little while ago. 
And um, I was reading some of the stuff I wrote in there, and I remembered writing this one particular line. Like there was this character, and she, and she didn't like being called something, and someone else called her that who didn't know. And I remember, like in my head, I heard like the sword coming out of the sheath. <laughs> it, it was like and like whirling around, like don't call me that. And I was like, where? <laughs> 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 Where did this come from? But it's just like you know, the sound was so clear and like the the it was automatic. Like I, it was not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was clearly her. Yep, yep. But yeah, it's it's all fun. So but Sean, yeah, that's, that's half the fun of it for me. Yeah, it, because you never know. Like I know some authors. Um, a couple of years ago, um, we went to San Diego Comic Con and sat on this panel with a bunch of um where a bunch of fantasy writers were up there. So there's like George R. R. Martin and um, Patrick Rothfuss and Christopher Paglioni and uh, I don't know, two or three other people. And, um, you know, like Patrick Rothfuss was talking about how he sits down and he outlines everything before he, before he starts writing the book, he has an outline and he might deviate from it a little bit, but for the most part, you know, that outline is gospel. And then George R.R. R. Martin's just like, yeah, you know, I just kind of write whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, you hear about J.K. Rowling and how she had these, you know, pages and pages of grids and plot points and how things fit together. And um, I just think it's fascinating um, how these these characters just kind of come to life from all of those different processes and kind of take on take on their own identities and own personalities and don't do what you want them to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and especially writing something that that's long from like, like novels or like series of novels. Like I'm, I'm in total awe of that because I get lost. Mm-hmm. It's like I, you know, I kind of, I kind of know, like I'm, I'm good with ideas and I, you know, I know enough about kind of basic plotting and screenwriting to be able to kind of get from beginning to the end idea if I don't have too many pages to go across, but you're talking about doing like a two hour screenplay or like, you know, a 500 page novel, then I'm going to be in the woods somewhere, yeah. you know, chopping away. Plot is lost. Like you, you always see like the, the, yeah, the middle was a bit weak here. Yeah, Cause I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you can make fun of, uh, make fun of George Lucas for like the second series. Like, you know, the only, he knew that he wanted to show Darth Vader at the end of the last movie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all he knew. Yep. So all that middle bit is all rubbish because he didn't know <laughs> what he was doing. Yeah. Like, you know, he's wandered around aimlessly and stuff's happening, but he just knows he wants to see Darth Vader. It's like, that's not enough to right. for these movies. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, and so I, you know, so I'm in awe of anybody who can even like get close to, you know, something that's good. On, on that kind of a scale because it's hard. It is. It's very hard. <laughs> so Sean, how can people support girls, the girls in STEM foundation? So, so what we're going to do, like, you know, I, and I've been postponing this forever. Like I, I'm trying to get to the point where I at least have some good illustrations um, with the, with particularly with the, the Ella and Emma story and, and one of the other stories. Um, and so I can go out and say, you know, and actually make it make make the kind of like the basic illustration stuff available. Say here, you know, if you like this, share it. You know, tell people about what we're doing. Um, and, and I want to get to that point. You know, sometime in the next couple, like probably by February. So you know, we, we'll definitely be having more visibility. Would definitely love for people to 
to come out and support when we, when we kind of get going on that kind of whole uh, that whole crowdfunding kind of thing. But we're not we're not quite there yet. But yeah, so I, I think support now is like you know think about me if you know if you know an illustrator, definitely let them know what we're doing um, and uh, think good thoughts and and buy try to buy some stuff that's that's not princesses. How about that? I like that advice. My um, my Christmas goal was I bought Lego. I bought uh, the game Robot Turtles for some kids. Mm -hmm. So like there was there was minimal pink, a minimal princess, and it was all like building, creating, learning how to program. So I was pretty yeah pretty yeah. stoked that. So that's good. That's good. I mean, yeah. you know, truthfully, I mean, you know, princesses are fine, right? But it's just it's too much of the market right. for that for kids. Like it's just there's too many of them. Yep, and and I I'd like it to be a little bit less and a little bit more science because you know I don't even necessarily like I'm not even really doing this to say definitively that I want everyone to read you know that reads one of these books to end up going in some type of a STEM field right that's not even that's not realistic or it's not even really the point like I just want to encourage the kind of love of science and under, and a little bit of an understanding of science and and what some of the ideas are that go into science. And so you just end up hopefully with a, with a better society, even if you yeah. don't make them all scientists. Yep. That's what I would love. I think it's a and world goal. peace. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> world peace. Um, so Sean, how can people find you online? Oh yeah. So we're on, um, uh, the website is agstem.com for Alliance for Growth. I mean, agstem.org, my goodness, for Alliance for Growth and STEM. And uh, I'm online on Twitter at Kitty Karaoke, which is a whole different story in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty Karaoke was the first idea that I had to write like a kid's book. And it was so bad. And luckily, I saw that it was bad and I immediately like jettisoned the project. Oh, no. Except, except, and but then I had followers. So I'm like, oh, it's too late now. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, so I have this very non-serious. I mean, I guess it's good for a kid's author, right? Yeah, no, I like karaoke it. Is I as like good it. as anything else. But the other thing I found out uh, is that apparently it's terrible for Google search value because Hello Kitty has a karaoke machine. Oh no! And so, really, anybody who wants to find Kitty karaoke typically doesn't want me. <laughs> they want they want Hello Kitty's karaoke machine. Yeah, less than or equal isn't good for the Google Foo either. It, uh... <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's it's fun. Like you know, but, but I'm 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 really like yeah, definitely people can reach out. Uh, you know, on Twitter, I'm, I'm definitely as we were talking about earlier, quite quite active on most days. Yes, on Twitter, always good stuff though. <laughs> well, thank you. I I try. Like I, I have a weird sense of humor, so sometimes it's just jokes. And sometimes <laughs> it's actually serious stuff. Uh, depends depends on the day, but thank you very much. This has been awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Sean. Have a great day. I appreciate your time. All right, you too. Take care. <laughs> you too. All right, bye. Bye. You can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to less than or equal dot com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.